Citadel, City Cash Chicago. For the last two years, a city-appointed committee has reviewed some of the city's public monuments and whether they should be removed. The list includes statues of Columbus, former presidents, military conquests, and colonialist works depicting indigenous peoples. We sit down with the committee's co-chair, Bonnie McDonald, about the recommendations they just released. It's Wednesday, September 7th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. You are obviously so knowledgeable about this topic. I, I want you to pull back the layer for me real quick, though. Was there ever a moment when you looked at one of them 41 and you was like, nah, this shit got to go? <laughs> uh you know, that is the, the challenge of my job. And I, I know where you're, you're trying to go. And of course, I have personal feelings about these, um, these monuments. The, the reason that I believe that Mayor Lightfoot asked me to be a co-chair was because of my professional expertise in historic preservation. So my day job is as president of Landmarks Illinois, which is the statewide historic preservation organization. So I want to say that even though I might have personal feelings, I also had to ensure that I wasn't speaking out of turn because I represent the committee as well. Absolutely, Jacoby, to to your point, as a person, you know, as a person outside of those uh, positions, um, there there are some of these stories that are harmful. They're harmful to the people I love. They're harmful to the people I care about uh, and to the, the city as a whole. I appreciate your approach because it's, it's very clear that you look at this with some empathy. We're talking about people's history. That is very complicated, right? Your hero, your icon is my genocidal maniac. And, yes. and so trying to, to flesh out these histories in these stories um, and, and to move forward in a productive way is one of that is complicated. Can I, can I comment just a little bit more mm-hmm. about that? Because I, I appreciate what you're saying. This is an exercise in my mind in how another person can feel in public space from a different perspective than you and trying to convey that to someone who may be very angry about how uh, a work of art that they consider part of their their identity uh, is is being questioned. It's hard to separate the things that represent your identity and you. Precisely. You know, being being real with you, I, you know, my loved ones are indigenous people. Uh, and so somebody might say, well, see, you, you already came with a preconceived notion. The intent and justice is to ensure fairness and equity is about ensuring everybody has what they need uh, in evaluating public space and what they want to see in public space. Like you said, I my personal feelings about a lot of these monuments are pretty straight up. I don't understand how this is still here. Mm-hmm. My my answer when you know people say consider the other side is often who is on the other side, whose interests are we trying to protect? But at a very human level, I am still willing to listen to the feelings you share for these monuments, for these public spaces. What was the criteria for selecting the the 41 works that needed to be evaluated? Mm -hmm. You know, we took into uh, consideration the entirety of the city of Chicago's 
collection, art collection. That process, there are over 500 of them. What should be represented and who is welcome and, and who feels unwelcome in our space. So with that in mind, we narrowed that down to 41 problematic monuments, as we named them. What were the questions asked of each monument on what its place should be in the public? Is this work of art telling or depicting what we feel is a narrative that is complete about the history of Chicago, or is it incomplete? Who is represented in this work of art? Who commissioned it? Who designed it? Uh, you know, who sculpted it? Um, and, you know, how might that have influenced what we see in this work? So only about 3% of Chicago's art collection represents women, people of color, and important movements in the city, like labor, for example. It wasn't solely about evaluating, do these monuments stay or do they go? But how do they relate to a bigger whole and what stories are missing and need to be told? And the stories that we do have, are they telling a depiction of history that we feel is accurate as well? Mm -hmm. And this conversation about monuments has, has long existed, but you know, in the summer of 2020, after protests around the Columbus statue, you know, the mayor went ahead and in the middle of the night removed the statues. But the recommendations for those seems a little unclear in the report. Can you add some specifics to these for people who want to know, are the Columbus statues coming back or not? The advisory committee's charge was just that, to advise. So we do not have any purview over the final decision making here. Our job is to evaluate and to make recommendations to those who actually own these monuments, which would be the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, uh, you know, Sh Chicago Public Schools and the Park District. We urge them to take these recommendations and move them forward, of course. If you were in the position of a member of one of those three entities or in the mayor's office and you read the report that the committee gave out, would you recommend returning those statues to Arrigo Park, to Grand Park, given the criteria? Mm. I would follow our recommendations, which advise not uh, putting the uh, any of the Columbus statues back um, in their place in public space. We do recommend, when possible, to put these into a private collection. So, um, you know, taking a step forward to remove them, in our words, this is forward, taking them out of public space, but but not at this time um, destroying them. Yeah, you're not saying uh, destroy it, toss it away. No, no, yeah. because what we also have learned, uh, I think, is, um, you know, is that history will continue to be questioned. Yeah, I always, when that's brought up in terms of, like, the removal of a monument, being like a participatory practice in erasure, I'm always I always question that because I wasn't learning about the fullness of 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 Columbus's uh, genocidal conquest through staring at this statue. I, I wasn't getting that. To go back to talk a little bit further about this idea of erasure, and we don't believe that taking down a monument is erasing history. It was a, an act that happened in history, and. The key, though, is, I think, to your point about does this represent a larger narrative? We live with the outcomes and the implications of historical acts every day. Um, we are subject to the outcomes of decisions that people made before us in history. <laughs> and you can't erase that. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that remembering is also about repairing mm -hmm. at the same time.
Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. And luckily, you and I alone were not the people put in a room to make these decisions. <laughs> and so public engagement was a key goal of this project. But the report says the zip codes that included the most response mm -hmm. were from neighborhoods that had more than 72 percent white residents. Black and Latino zip codes made up fewer than 30 or so responses. The goal was public engagement, but did the opportunities reach the communities in the ways that they should have? And, and does more outreach need to be done given those results? The advisory committee, I will tell you, had that conversation several times about ways in which we can do outreach to expand, especially once we saw who was responding to the opportunity to put in comments to our website. So that's where you saw the zip codes that you were talking about, predominantly from uh, the white community in Chicago and outside of Chicago as well. So that's when we also implemented, uh, you know, targeted community meetings. So I don't think that made up for the, um, uh, what you've pointed out about participation. The effort was certainly made and continues uh, to be made in the future, especially with regard to new work that's created. The mayor says that now she will form a working group based on your committee's recommendations, which, you know, let's just say it straight up. That's a committee responding to a committee. committee. What do you say to the public, right, who's engaging with this news with the feedback of, all right, is anything really going to happen? Or are we just going to, like, start this kind of clock over? We stand behind and we're proud of the uh, the recommendations we've made, the report, and the process that we went through. My personal behalf, we have done that study. It is time to move forward. Mm. Uh, I do not want to put words in your mouth. Sounds like what you're saying is uh, <laughs> we already did the work. The public does maybe not need another 18-month process of evaluating the evaluations. I think the way that you put that is how many people would feel about hearing this idea of another another group to study this. Let it go to the next step to have additional public process, um, but additional study. I, I don't know what, uh, what other criteria they would develop um, beyond our own, um, which was very extensive. Just to tell the public, this was not a rubber stamp group. Uh, this included members of the Italian-American community who have publicly stated strongly before this began that the Columbus statues should be, um, you know, should be put back. 
Um, and I, I want to honor them that they participated in this process, um, you know, with others who have publicly stated that they felt they needed to uh, be removed. And I think the city could equally express how our work was appreciated by moving these recommendations forward. Were there any prospective monuments or it, or any ideas that you have of someone or something that you'd like to see memorialized in this city? Mm. Uh, if you look at the report about the the artists and organizations that received grants for new work, there were eight. They are those who uh, represent voices that we want, you know, we want more voices of people of color, of women, of those who are living with disabilities, of those who represent uh, our, you know, our labor community. Because, as I mentioned, those are stories that aren't being told in our collection right now. So the, the work that we've chosen, you know, there's the Mahalia Jackson um, court by the Greater Chatham Initiative. Hey, the godmother of gospel music. Yeah, gospel music. I would say, in my mind, I love Sister Rosetta Tharp, who was the first to really introduce the electric guitar into gospel music, which influenced Muddy Waters, which influenced, uh, of course, all rock and roll going, you know, going after him, the, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. And she performed at Robert's Temple, Church of God in Christ, where Emmett Till's open casket funeral was held. Lorraine Hansberry, Lorraine, Lorraine Hansberry's house. You know, we don't have really have a monument, uh, you know, to Lorraine Hansberry and the Hansberry family uh, and the Supreme Court case that ensured we stopped the practice of redlining. Um, we should contribute to public space, the opportunity to educate, you know, and introduce, expose kids to how incredible this city is and the people who have been here. This city is at the intersection of literally every major contribution to how this nation developed good and bad. There is something significant about having something permanent and there's a respect to having something permanent. Bonnie McDonald is the co-chair of the Chicago Monuments Project and the president of Landmarks Illinois. Thank you so much for taking time for CityCast Chicago today. Thanks so much, Jacoby. It's been a wonderful conversation. So appreciate it. I appreciate you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The new COVID-19 booster shot has arrived in Chicago. Health officials say it works better against the latest variants, and it's available now. Check the link in the show notes on where to find it. If you own a single-family home or two-flat in the city, you can now be eligible to get lead service lines removed for free. New criteria, an online application, and link to free water test kits are available in the show notes. Ahead of the Bears Arlington Heights community meeting tomorrow, the team has released initial sketches and plans to the public, including a dome, stadium, and a mixed entertainment housing district. There's some good news to get you through. The Shed Aquarium is free to all city and state residents every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this month, including today. For my 21 and older folks, if you can't make it during the day, check out the Shed's After Hours House Party Thursday nights in September. For more Chicago stories and events, subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.
and a one, and a two, and a one. Welcome to City Cast Chicago, your number one destination for all the latest hits, jazz, and R&B. All right.